0: World Soccer Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you. Uh, What a week we have in store for us, folks, as we are in the pre-week, I like to call it, before the kickoff of the Premier League season. The season traditionally underway with the Community Shield that used to be called the Charity Shield. That match happened over the weekend between Leicester City and Manchester City. We're going to talk about that. We're going to take a look at the transfer market. We're going to continue our discussions about the ongoing Lionel Messi situation at Barcelona. Uh, Loads to get to today, really, and uh, all I can say is thank goodness the Olympics are over, and I'm going to tell you why on the other side of the break. Uh, I have a few thoughts about that. Uh, I'm coming to you on the Sports byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, also the American Forces Network. I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app. And uh, if you miss any part of the show, don't worry, you can always catch the podcast on our podcast network, if you believe the Podcast Network. Uh, I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6pm Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again midnight Pacific, uh, 3am on the East Coast for all of you early birds who may be listening on Sports Overnight America. So, big show for you today. The transfer market getting very interesting. Lionel Messi crying at his Barcelona press conference departure but where will the diminutive and now 34-year-old Argentine land? That is a source of discussion if you listened to the show last week. Uh, I was very pleased to have on one of my most popular guests, I'm happy to say. Um, Rafa Hernandez from the Barcelona podcast at uh, Believe. Who, uh, we were talking about it and he thought that maybe the messy situation was a bit of a poker game. Seems that it's not. So let's talk about it all on the other side of the break. Find me on Twitter, at Nagiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com, forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm everywhere that you want to be. Uh, Reach out to me on social media. In the meantime, I'm going to step aside, take a break, and be right back to kick it all off. World Soccer Radio, it's the pre-Premier League kickoff week. I'm so excited. Be right back after this. All right, well, welcome back to the show. World Soccer Radio, Sports Final Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. I am your host, Nick Gieber. What a pleasure it is to be with you. Well, the Olympic Games are over. I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch them or to participate through maybe some online betting. Um, That's actually what I did during the Olympics. And when there's a sporting event that maybe doesn't really catch my interest to watch, it is always fun to wager a little bit every now and then. Of course, we have the Premier League coming up. Uh, we just had uh, the Euros, we had the, the Gold Cup, uh, we've had a lot of great stuff, and I don't know if you had an opportunity to place a sports bet or two. If you do, if you like to bet on sports, whether it's soccer, whether it's uh, Olympics, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, that's American football, uh, darts, uh, snooker, uh, look, you name it, they have it at betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Any form, uh, any sport, all bets, money lines, prop bets, Asian betting, you name it, they got it all for you right there, betonline.ag. And right now, if you head over there, either on your mobile device or on your laptop computer uh, and sign up, they'll give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You heard me right. A 50% bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag, and this show is presented to you by betonline.ag, and speaking personally, I can honestly say I am so thankful um, that the Olympics are done. I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon or some guy that's grumpy at the world, although maybe I am. But there's just something, you know, after going through the Euros and this incredible Premier League season and the incredible Champions League season that we just had, and, uh, you know, all of the things that have happened with the lockdown, with sports being gone, it's just hard for me to get really remotely interested in swimming. Unless, look, if I had a kid that was a swimmer, I might be interested in swimming. So, I mean, I understand that. Or if I was a swimmer. But, but you know, I, I'm just not that interested. And really around and along the whole gamut of Olympic summer sports. I like boxing. I didn't really watch any of it. But it's the women's soccer that has always been the most, well, I say always, in the last few decades, has been the most interesting feature of the Olympic Games. Because if you remember this prior to the arrival of the FIFA Women's World Cup, the Olympic Games were the sort of pinnacle of success for women's football. You know, your team won the gold, and uh, you know that was it, right? I mean, that's kind of how it was. And interestingly enough now, um, you know we have a a fascinating discussion going on with uh, uh, Uruguay. Uh, who, uh, you know, won two World Cups going back when, but also won the two Olympic Games for soccer going back a long time ago, back before the World Cup took over, and FIFA is saying they have to take those stars off their kit. But I I don't think that's fair, because way back then, the World Cup was actually a FIFA-sanctioned event. And there wasn't, I mean, probably the, the Olympic Games. So the Olympic Games, prior to the emergence of the men's World Cup, which now is a very uninteresting under-23 tournament, I have to tell you. That was the pinnacle. That was it. That was the Jules Rimet Trophy. (laughs) Not literally, of course, but you know what I mean. And so it is for the women. Prior to the Women's World Cup being a thing, the Olympic Games was the thing you wanted to win. and as the sport grew as its success grew and i will give take my hat off and tip it in deference to the magnificent women of the u.s national team program over the decades who through belief perseverance hard work and sacrifice have made women's football the thing that it is i don't care whether you like megan rapinoe's politics or, you know, or that they take a knee or whatever. Listen, you know, I, I'm staying out of that discussion right now. But if you don't tip your hat in deference to the Brandy Chastains and to the Julie Fowdies of the world and the Megan Rapinos and the Carly Lloyds, you are doing them a great disservice. So Donald Trump, you can blow it out of your purple, orange, pumpkin-sided backside. I don't care. It's not about politics. It's about the sacrifice, the effort, the belief, the passion. And I've told you my position on this. I've said already that, you know, in terms of the equal pay discussion, I'm a full believer, but I believe the women's Olympic team got equal pay, gets, gets probably more pay. Does it, and whether they have equal pay or not, that's the agreement that they negotiated. So that's my take on that, but I don't want to belabor that. And, and of course, the U.S. women had a disappointing World Cup. I mean, disappointing uh, um, Olympic. Of course, taking bronze medal is not what this team about. That team is a team of winners. That is a team of women who expect to take home the gold. And Canada did. Congratulations to Canada. But it just shows that the sport is now a thing in a big way. The Olympic Games women's... Soccer, for me, was the highlight of the summer games. And as the uh, popularity and acceptance and participation in professional women's soccer grows globally, I suspect we're just maybe two World Cup cycles away from it becoming an under-23 tournament as well. But in the meantime, I firmly believe that those gold medals won, whether by Uruguay prior to the World Cup, by or the women prior to the uh, World Cup becoming a thing, should be on the shirt. But I'm thankful it's over. Time to move on. Uh, You know, I don't care about BMX. Sorry, Brian Wilson, love you dearly, but I don't care about BMX. I don't care about skateboarding. I don't really care about gymnastics. I don't really care about any of this stuff. I have my sport, I love them, and it's starting on Friday. The Premier League is kicking off, and uh, I, for one, am very, very excited. My team, Liverpool, go to Carrow Road to host uh, Norwich City. Should be a good game. But we are still looking very closely at the transfer market because... We have until the end of August before it's closed. In the meantime, teams are going to be doing this kind of shimmying and shammying. But really, the discussion to be had is more around who can buy what, why can they buy the players that they can, and for example, why can why was it why was Barcelona unable to pay Lionel Messi at fifty percent of his wage bill? Why could he then go with a huge wage bill? and join Mbappe and Neymar at PSG. How is it that Manchester City can sign try to sign 120 million for Harry Kane and 100 million for Jack Grealish? Well, there are disparities, folks. And in the pantheon of football leagues, the Premier League is becoming a league far beyond the others. It's, a little, it's been a little like the Cold War. I'm going to explain what I mean when I come back after break. And I don't mean that La Liga and the Premier League and Serie A and all these other are sort of in a war with each other because they're not. But it, it is a little like a Cold War amongst these teams. And the rules are slightly uneven and they are certainly unfair. And so whether Gianni Infantino, head of FIFA, was previously head of UEFA, you know, did he do a good job in this? No, I don't think so. I think financial fair play is, was, has been, and should be considered a total joke. I'll explain what I mean when I get back. We'll also take a look at the transfer market. We'll do a little previewing. And let's talk Community Shield, Leicester City uh, versus Manchester City. And also, hey, the championship, well underway. I don't know if you had a chance to check out the first match and the matches over the weekend. Good stuff. Every match streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Gotta love the streaming services. All right. I'll be right back after this. All right. Uh, welcome you back to World Soccer Radio, sports byline, a broadcast network. Also, Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. Podcast available on the Believe Podcast Network. We're going to take a look at the transfer market a little bit when we come back. And uh, I know Arsenal fans at least saw some movement with Nuno Tavares coming in from Benfica, Lukonga from Anderlecht, and Ben White from Brighton. Almost 100 million in players. We'll get to the transfer market when we come back. We'll go down team by team. I'll tell you where we are. And also, by the way, if you're a fan of Americans, young Josh Josh Sargent is looking very, very, very much like he is going to go from Werder Bremen right now to Norwich City in the Premier League, play under Daniel Farker, by the way, manager I'm very fond of. And um, I think that'll be great. But let's—we'll get to that another time. In the meantime, let's talk a little bit about what I was alluding to prior to the break. By the way, we are presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Um, talking a little bit about the disparities in this this messy situation, which we spoke to Rafa Hernandez last week. Um, was it Thursday or Friday? We spoke about the messy situation where the news broke that uh, Barcelona. Uh, that he was not going to re-sign with Barcelona. Um, Messi's camp were blindsided. They were expecting to show up at Camp Nou, sign a new contract for, I think, five years. I think the expectation was he could leave after two, uh, 50% wage reduction. Uh, you know, he, he has been making, and in and, and no way am I criticizing Lionel Messi here, Whatsoever, because you know, since the discussion of his contract expiry and renewal came up last year, um, and Barcelona's dire financial situation, they're almost a billion dollars in debt. You know, Messi has made all of the right moves. He said he wasn't going to re sign and everybody, you know, was starting to tear their hair out and and point fingers and Jacuz, but no. He said, I'm not going to re sign because I need to know that you're committed to building the team, building the youth movement, you know adding players that are gonna build Barcelona for the future. And he said, I am willing understanding the financial situation right now. He said, I'm willing to give up a large portion of my pay so that you can go out and sign a bunch of these players. And I know for a fact one of the players he was really hoping they were going to sign was Killian Mbappe from PSG. So Messi has been i i think at this stage in his life thirty four years old made more money than anyone should expect over their lifetime he 's in a very comfortable position and situation he 's truly considered one of the good guys of the sport and um, you know one of the all time if not the all time great depending on who you talk to so you know Lionel 's not in a position where he really uh, cared to be fair. Now his agent may have cared, but you know Lionel just wanted what's best for him, and 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 I tell you, I applaud that. And and Barcelona, but because of the situation in Barcelona, they were unable, even with a fifty percent reduction in wages, they were unable to. find the room to sign him due to the li- the uh, salary cap restrictions i suppose is a way of putting it politely it's not really salary cap; it's, it's spend relative to revenue that's how they do um financial fair play and spending limits but based on those limits based on the lack of well i don't say lack of television money because la liga has plenty of television money but you compare la liga's tv deal to the premier league and there's no comparison you compare la liga's television deal to the champions league and there's no comparison i mean look here in the united states you can just say la liga is on espn plus and you know the premier league is on peacock it's on nbc the Champions League on CBS. And they played millions and millions and millions of dollars. The value of the Premier League is in the gazillions of dollars. And, and La Liga less so. So <coughs> one of the things that uh, La Porta, who is the, uh, the head honcho at... Uh, John La Porta, the head honcho at uh, Barcelona, was trying to do was to wait until the television deal, the new television deal that was to be negotiated. It was a TV rights deal with an investment company. Well, let me put it this way. There was an investment company that wanted to invest some billions of dollars into La Liga. That would have given the league the financial security that it wanted to expand the salary caps for all intents and purposes. And I hate to use that word because it's really not a salary cap. But, uh, But to expand the... the the salary thresholds the teams could maintain in La Liga, uh, thereby allowing them to maintain the bigger names and the bigger talent and sign a bigger television deal. The problem was was that this investment bank wanted 10% of future television and all revenues from La Liga, and Laporta was not in favor of that deal. He felt that it was going to be handcuffing La Liga going forward for 10 years, which was, the, uh, I believe, the length of the deal that they wanted. So the deal didn't come through. The investment money didn't make its way into the coffers of La Liga. And as a result, uh, what happened was, uh, you know, old rules apply. So no longer could Barcelona afford uh, Lionel Messi and Griezmann uh, and uh, Aguero and uh, um, Memphis Depay And, I mean, look, we can look at their, I mean, uh, if you look at their squad, if you look at their squad, um, it's ridiculous. I mean, they have a very, very, very high-priced squad. Uh, Whether it's uh, Ter Stegen, uh, PK, Jordi Alba, Umtiti, Busquets panic Ricard Puig Frankie De Jong Coutinho I mean there's another one right Griezmann Braithwaite, Dembele Memphis Depay Aguero <laughs> I mean, you know, can you imagine the wage bill <clears throat> and to the point that Barcelona have found themselves sitting in a in a situation where they have uh they are spending a giant amount of money to maintain this team which has put them outside of compliance in La Liga they've not won the Champions League in a few years and that has been a huge disappointment for them and so they have been in a problem a massive problem and with Messi leaving that is a large portion of their uh, you know uh, uh, image and uh, marketing Revenue comes around Messi. And of course the latest news for Barcelona, which is terrible news, is that Sergio Aguero, fresh from making his uh, long-awaited move from Manchester City, is injured and out for 10 weeks. Barcelona will discover that there is life after Messi. Barcelona need to get their proverbial house in order financially. That is what's going on. So he's talking to PSG, and I was talking about a Cold War here. PSG want to sign Messi. So you tell me how PSG, who are in a small secondary European league, I'm sorry, uh, uh, fans of uh, Ligue 1, but you know, Lille and Olympique Marseille and Lyon and Paris Saint Germain. I mean, the, 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 these are nice teams, but, you know, these are not. This is not a powerhouse league with international broadcast rights in the billions and billions of dollars. This is a secondary league with one massive team. Uh, Not to say the others are bad, not to say the others are not capable of winning in Europe, etc., etc. But I mean, you know, I'm not putting it on par with the Premier League, La Liga, or Serie A, or the Bundesliga, for that matter. How is it that PSG could afford to sign Lionel Messi, along with Kylian Mbappe and Neymar? You explain that to me. And 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 in that question alone lies the major problem in terms of spending. Go to England now in the Premier League where Manchester City sign 100 million pounds for Jack Grealish and offer 120 million pounds for Harry Kane. I will tell you why I am less concerned about the English teams and I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a second when we come back. I'm less concerned about the English teams, by the way, I meant detail coming, because of the size of the revenue that the league generates compared to uh, Ligue 1, compared to La Liga, compared to Serie A, the Bundesliga, even compared to the Champions League. But you tell me how Ligue 1 can allow Pierre, Paris Saint-Germain to, hire, to sign Lionel Messi, Mbappe and Neymar and not be a foul of some sort of financial fair play. Look folks it all stinks. When we come back I'll talk about the Cold War and the spending war in football. Don't go anywhere. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, uh, I welcome you back to World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Great to be with you today as we get ready now to get back to normal business as the European leagues uh, slowly start to uh, move the gear knob from park to drive, and we start to move forward. The championship already underway, Uh, most of the uh, cup tournaments already underway, uh, great stuff. So happy. It's been it really hasn't been that long of a summer, you know, without it, because we did have the Euros, which was incredible. and Then we had the Olympics, which was really dull, except for the women's football. Uh, and we've had a very interesting transfer market. We have the whole messy situation. And then, boom, you know, before you knew it, we have the community shield, Leicester City versus Manchester City. Don't worry. I will be talking about that in just a second Um, but of course the Lionel Messi situation has brought along a larger discussion about the situation in Europe with players and signings and you have a situation where Messi Barcelona cannot afford Messi even at 50 percent of his wages part of the reason is they also can't get rid of some of the other players that are on massive wages that they've just signed, that they that don't want to leave, like Depay and Griezmann are two great examples. Although, how happy are they now that Aquero's injured? <laughs> so, you know. Uh, so, Messi talking to PSG. I've discussed how ridiculous it is that PSG, if we do have financial fair play, would, should be able to sign Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe. How is it that they can do that? living in one of the smallest leagues in Europe. But when you think about it, the Premier League at the end of the day is the winner. Why is that? Well, because of the global popularity of the Premier League, the size of the television rights deals in the league. Say what you want about Premier League, say what you want about mismanagement of the league, etc., etc., it looks like a well-oiled machine when compared to the likes of La Liga or Serie A. Maybe not the Bundesliga. But when you compare it to the way the other leagues are run, uh, the Premier League uh, you know, looks like Warren Buffett's at the helm. So the teams and the league generate ginormous quantities of money. And that can allow them and afford them large expensive squads because generally financial fair play is based upon your revenue and that is forcing the other teams that want to compete with them in europe the other big boys shall we say just like the cold war where you know the u.s spent more money than russia could keep up with or the soviet union could keep up with and eventually the soviet union crumbled from the inside out The Premier League's financial stability and ability to spend is forcing teams in other leagues that don't have the infrastructure and don't have the systems and capabilities to keep up. And that is putting a massive financial stress on those leagues and will cause them to fail. We talk about Premier League dominance, it is... Dominant. And look, year in and year out, Real Madrid could win the Champions League seven times in a row or, you know, what have you, whatever you want, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dominance in dollars. Then you've had a rush of influx of the Roman Abramovitches and the uh, Sheikh Djiboutis from uh, into manchester City and the Fenway Sports Group, and look, Man United fans, shut your traps okay the Glazers have spent a ton of money at man united and the wages are huge and getting to the premier league is for many of these teams this is why promotion is such an important thing out of the championship because it's a financial windfall There are many teams in Europe that getting promoted to the top flight is a financial disaster. But not in the Premier League. All of this is why a group of top-level teams, rec- I look, the Man Cities, the Uniteds, the Liverpools, the Chelseas of the world have decided that it is in their interest to have a strong La Liga or strong Barcelona, and a strong Real Madrid, and a strong Atletico Madrid, and a strong uve and a strong Milan teams. <coughs> because from a marketing and branding perspective, that's what people want. That's why they came up with this whole cockamamie European Super League idea. By telling teams you are guaranteed to be in the Super League year in and year out because of who you are, you can look towards a long term building plan for for your financial stability of your club and for your club. I mean this is this is the counterpoint to the argument against the European Super League. It allows the vice-wearing pocket protecting pencil pushers an opportunity to plan and plot The business on a multi-year pro forma. But if you have to respond each and every year to, oh my God, it's Jack Relish and it's Harry Kane at at, at City and they're going to win the Champions League and you know here at home I can't afford Messi and you know it's all of these things, right? So there's a lot to be said for the idea that drove the Super League. The killer for the Super League, if you ask me, wasn't the idea of a European Super League. It was the lack of promotion and relegation, the very thing that the powers that be at the league were hoping for. So there's a lot of different sides to this equation. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Let's make a quick run. Well, before we make, maybe we won't make a run today. I tell you what, let's talk transfers tomorrow. Let me talk um, a little bit about the community shield. And first of all, I want to say what a great manager Brendan Rodgers has turned out to be for Leicester City. Right manager. Right profile of the manager, right size club. And the expectations at the level for Brendan to be able to surpass them. And don't forget, after Liverpool, he went to Scotland. He won everything under the planet. I mean, you know, uh, you know, say what you want about Scottish football. Um, it, it, it is, you know, it's still football, professional football. I don't know if that's a quite enough of an endorsement, <laughs> That's what I got. Manchester City. Yes, it was kind of a friendly and kind of not. I mean, that's the thing with a community shield. It's always kind of a hybrid, right? Believe you me, at Silverware, they wanted to win. And they were unable to score, even after bringing on Jack Grealish, albeit, you know, it was like two seconds after he'd signed his contract. So uh, I'm not overly surprised that Grealish didn't really make an impact. And by the way, how good was Zach Steffen in goal for Man City? You know, He's under extra pressure. They brought in, um, uh, what's his name, at Man City, the, uh, the older England player, the older England goalkeeper, um, to kind of, because I don't think they necessarily think that Zach Steffen is quite ready yet. But I tell you what, um, Scott Carson from Derby County, that was it. Yep, they brought in Scott Carson. Thought he was terrific, but I think you can see why it is that they're looking to sign a Harry Kane. And by the way, Tottenham are themselves in the transfer market right now. First of all, um, a lot of people are asking why Messi is not going to would not consider Manchester City. I believe Messi would actually like to play in Manchester City. I, I and Manchester City could certainly afford his wages. I think the issue has, as Rafa Hernández pointed out, yes, on uh, last week, more the playing styles and Messi's style of play. I mean, yeah, he's you know the greatest living player, uh, him and Ronaldo. But but you know, it, does he fit into that style? And does he fit into the physicality and length of season of the Premier League? I, I, I think probably not. Well, not that he couldn't do it. He means a great athlete, don't get me wrong. I just think, you know, 38-game season and all the cup competitions and the bad weather and all the rest of this crap, I'm not sure that's really going to speak to Messi's strengths. However, as a quick aside, Roman Abramovich looking at Messi saying, whoa, wait, Lionel, Stamford Bridge, right here, buddy. We just brought in Lukaku. Come on over. But I think, again, if you watched the community shield, you saw why Manchester City are in need. And, you know, you have to look at Chelsea. And, you know, there's a tendency in the transfer market when everybody, somebody makes a signing, you kind of look at that piece as part of the whole, and you assume, well, if everybody plays, this is what they look like. I mean, Chelsea have a pretty damn prolific strike force with the addition of Lukaku. And they've got a great manager in Thomas Tuchel. It's going to be a highly competitive Premier League season. Again, Liverpool, yeah, they brought in Konate, uh, a couple of young kids, but you know, for them it's about getting the players back from injury and having that dominant team of two years ago healthy and back, although Trent Alexander-Arnold injured at, uh, took an ankle injury over the weekend of their last friendly match. The top six or seven very hotly contested. I think Chelsea will succeed in a big way this year. I think Manchester City will not win the Premier League title this year. I think they are singularly focused in winning, at winning the Champions League. However, if they have to come up a Champions League against the likes of Mbappe uh, and Neymar and Messi, front three, wow, that will be the clash of the titans that everybody wants to see. Although I, I wonder defensively how PSG would really cope with a fully fit Man City, or even a fully fit Chelsea, Liverpool. It's going to be a fascinating season, folks. Hope you'll stay with me here on the ride on World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm with you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast, if you're listening on Sports Overnight America, and if you're on the West Coast, pardon me, 3 a.m., yeah, on the East Coast. If you're on the East Coast at 3 a.m. and you're listening to me, I I just, you know, you, you need to go to sleep. Okay. All right. Uh podcast available at the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I'll be right back to wrap it up after this. All right, uh, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. By the way, uh, you can find me, your erstwhile host, Nick Geber, on Twitter at, uh, in, at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. That is the best way to reach me. Uh, we can continue the discussion when we're not on the air, but quite frankly, that's not all that often because we're on the air every day, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, on these very networks. If you miss any part of the show, uh, go ahead and find us at our podcast network, which is the Believe BLEAV podcast network. Just search search for Soccer, World Soccer Radio. You'll see it also on podcast, iTunes, Spotify, all of the uh, normal places that you will get a podcast. Uh, you will be able to find this podcast. And as the Premier League season uh, gets ready to get back into full swing starting on Friday, um, I want to tell you our Friday show, we always do a full Premier League preview where I give you betting tips and tricks and we look at some of the odds courtesy of betonline.ag But I give you my full Premier League preview and pundits Premier League prediction and prognostication program so you can have a lot of peas. (laughs) <laughs> to keep you uh, very busy, we'll continue to monitor the um, messy situation as well as the transfer situation with Harry Kane. Uh, he's saying he, he's not boycotting Tottenham practices. Uh, he's saying this was all pre-arranged because of the Euros, and he's on vacation and yada yada yada. I probably agree with him, by the way. Um, I don't think he will return to Tottenham, uh, but we uh, shall see how that unfolds what do you think twitter me twatter me reach out and flatter me n- at nick geber n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r or facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio once again we are presented by betonline.ag tell your friends folks let's let's get more people involved more people participating on social media that's what it is uh, all about Head to the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. All right, I'll be back on the air with you tomorrow. Same place, same time, same host, whether you like it or not. Till tomorrow, have a great night. Cheers.